we're gonna play a game. Are okay. you are you interested to see what it's what it is? I, I'm a little nervous about okay. what what we're. You're gonna do. you're gonna be a natural for it. So. Hello and welcome to the Digital Orthodontist Live. I'm your host, Dr. Kyle Fagala, and boy, do we have an incredible episode for you today. To my left, sort of, kind of, sits one of the most likable people in all of orthodontics. He's the lead singer of the only all-orthodontist band in the world, Relapse. He's business partner to Glenn Krieger, and he's the MC at the Orthopreneur's Summit every year, Dr. Doug Shaw. Can we add some applause right there? Yeah. Uh, Doug, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me. It's an you honor. Look, you look very spiffy. Oh, well, thank you. Very, I'm very spiffy. Changed just for this. I, well, I know. I, <laughs> that sounds like I was watching. I was not watching you. He was at my house. He changed. Anyway, uh, so Doug and I just got back from Las Vegas. We were there for the Invisalign Ortho Summit. Uh, Relapse played the closing party, gala, gala, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was awesome. I had a great time. If you weren't there, you missed a great time. Uh, we'll play again someday. Uh, any highlights for you from that concert? Anything you really enjoyed? Oh, I'm still rolling on a high from that concert. I think it was probably uh, the best setup we had, mm -hmm. biggest audience we had, yeah. and uh, went off seamless. I know not not everybody sees all the mistakes or things that happen behind the scenes, but uh, yeah, uh, this one went off really well. So You're not supposed to share it. when things go badly, but uh, for what it's worth, our concert at MOPC... I'm sure from the audience perspective, it was great, but behind the scenes and set up and in our monitors and everything, a nightmare. I really not. I was I was at my worst at that concert. And Doug. But I think everybody enjoyed themselves. Oh, everyone enjoyed it. Doug's like, don't share the bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, Doug has to see the worst of me when I uh, when things aren't going well. I, I don't turn into the best version of myself. Alan also has to see that version. You just get to see the good version. Um, but no, but Invisalign, we killed it. And we'll be back playing at the AEO in Chicago. So hopefully you'll be there. All right, yep. so what brings you to Memphis? Why are you here? Uh, well, I'm on a road trip on the way to Atlanta. We looked into flights, and they were ridiculously expensive at this time of the year for six people. And so we decided to make a road trip and looked at the map and saw, you know what? Memphis is a good halfway point, and we can go visit our friends, the Fagalas. Wonderful. Okay. So, um, Well, hope, hopefully we have a good time. I, I've kind of landed on like doing these podcasts. It's so easy. We have the studio, so doing them when people come through Memphis. So if you want to be on this podcast, come through Memphis. Um, I would have had you on anyway, but it was like, oh, yeah, it's a good time for Doug. So um, what are we going to talk about today? So if you're out there wondering, what are you all going to get around to? We're going to get to some great stuff. We're going to talk about how to make partnerships work. Uh, Doug is probably one of the better known orthodontic partnerships, if that makes any sense. I think anyone who follows orthopreneurs and Glenn and everything he does knows that. Um, we're going to talk also about how to overcome staffing shortages with digital technology. Uh, we'll get into this, but you work in Dallas, really tough area. It's obviously like really busy, really competitive. And so I think you have a lot to say about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about how to successfully balance a busy family, uh, thriving multi-location practice, and then you've got like dozens of other responsibilities. Um, and then we're also going to play a game that Doug does not know anything about. <laughs> so stick around for that. He really does not know about I'm it. I'm nervous about this one. And uh, if it gets to that point and he doesn't want to do it, that's going to be awkward for all of us. So <laughs> it's going to be fine. We used to do games on this podcast, and I'm bringing them back because I miss the games. Uh, but before we get started, uh, I do want to thank uh, this episode's sponsor, Neon Canvas. We're coming to you from the Neon Canvas sponsors, and granted, I'm a co-owner. Uh, but we have a U.S.-based team of 45 with multiple experts in each area of digital marketing, including... SEO, web and graphic design, branding, photo and video, and much more. And so Neon Canvas is the orthodontic marketing agency best equipped to help you grow your practice. So check us out, neoncanvas.com. You can learn more there. You can also get a free audit at neoncanvas.com audit. We'll tell you exactly what you need to know about how you're doing with your digital marketing now and how you could improve. So Doug, I'd like to start some personal questions. This is what you would expect. We're just getting to know each other. Um, I know you pretty well, uh, but I want to learn some things I don't know. So sure. first question is what you were like as a kid. Did you do well in school? And then what were your main hobbies and interests? So I was, uh, I was a busy kid. I did well in school. Um, you know, I don't think that I was much of a troublemaker, um, but, uh, did get into my fair share of, of trouble. I don't think my parents knew about the trouble I got okay. into. Um, but I was a pretty good student all the way through and never never struggled in school. Uh, I was the kid who was never home. I was always out 
with my friends. Uh, you know, I grew up in Salt Lake in Utah and at the foot of the mountain and was just always out doing stuff, building forts, playing games with friends, riding bikes, um, mm. doing anything outdoors. So Sounds like an all-American upbringing, <laughs> kind of, sort of. You so know, what, what, sp what sports do you play? Uh, so I grew up, I played just about everything. I didn't play a whole lot of baseball, but I played a lot of soccer, played football. Uh, I got into lacrosse, too, in high school. Um, played basketball, so. Man. You kind of did a little bit of it all, so. You did, did you do any, like, uh, scouts or anything like that? Or I no? did, yes. Okay. I actually grew up in uh, a very strong scouting family. Um, <laughs> my, my Indeed. Yes, my, my mother was a, a, a cub master when I was young, and then my father was a scout master as I went through all my scouting years. Okay. Uh, Eagle Scout, so. Nice. What's your favorite knot? Um, don't ask me that anymore. <laughs> I, you know, I got to teach my kids. Do you remember though? <laughs> so we did, I was not into scouting. I had, you know, a handful of friends that did and you interview for orthodontics and you run into different people who are Eagle Scouts. It's common in LD, LDS. Is that wrong? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it was. Was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was like the last thing you had to do? Isn't there like a final like project to become an Eagle Scout or am I making that up? Yeah. So you have to pick a, a large project service project oriented project um, that you have to put together a plan and figure out how it's going to be paid for and how it's going to be executed and delivered. Um, okay. You know, my project was actually to paint uh, a map of the world on the elementary parking lot Whoa. in uh, in my community. And okay. so I had to, you know, go to Lowe's and Home Depot and see if they would donate their uh, yeah. whoops paint and try to figure out all the supplies there so uh and then gather a crew together to to, to paint the template and get it all painted and amazing so that's a fun project yeah, it was fun yeah. i didn't know you to be was such it? a crafty person well you know it was just an opportunity and it worked out so. um is it still there uh you know what i don't think it is i think okay, they've that's, repaid that's heartbreaking i think they've repaved <laughs> over that area okay well so. i'm sure it was meaningful for a while for a while um, it was a long time this ago. was a perfect transition to the next question did you know when you were painting and you did it's samoa right my mission yeah yeah did you know as you're painting that that you would end up there? i did not you know did that not. okay no did it make the map i mean because it's kind of small right you know what uh it did make the map okay good um they're just tiny little dots in the middle of right. of the parking lot so when we studied when we studied geography with my when he was like four or five that sounds like super nerdy and it is but my son he's like really into trivia we go play trivia once a week um, he loved geography so we were like doing this game uh, on his iPad when he was I think four and you would drag the country onto where it needed to go and we called the little islands crumbs he called them crumbs because that's what they look like so yeah. there's a lot of crumbs out there in the Pacific and everything so that's what I was going to ask you about though your two year mission I knew it was in Samoa or how you say it is different um, but Tell me about that, how that impacted your life, what then came after, and how you ended up in orthodontics. It's a lot, but... You know. It is a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up LDS, uh, decided to serve a mission for my church when I was 19, got called to the islands of Samoa in the South Samoa. Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. Samoa. Got it. Um, I have to say Samoa for everybody who asked. Yeah. They asked, what, where? Uh. No, it's good. Um, so I spent two years there uh, learning the culture, the language, um, obviously sharing the gospel and yeah preaching uh you know religion out there um and it it probably was a pivotal turning point in my life that just helped me mature and helped me become uh you know the person i am today uh taught me how to be selfless and giving and serving and uh yeah. you know shaped what i wanted to do with my life and 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 that i really could do whatever it is that I wanted to do if I applied myself. So mm. um, after my mission, I came back. I went to University of Utah for my undergrad. Um, I had actually uh, been interested in, in the field of orthodontics and dentistry since the time I had my own braces. And so, you know, when you meet with your school counselors, it's like, hey, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? Mm. And they try to guide you the classes that you're going to take. Um, I kind of gravitated to that route right away. Hmm. Um, took all the pre-dental courses at the University of Utah. Uh, started working as a dental assistant, actually. Um, nice. Through college to just make sure that I knew what I was getting myself into. Hmm. From there, why Dallas? I mean, I think I know the answer, but did you ever consider Dallas or? Um, so got into dental school in Buffalo, New York. Um, oh, wow. Okay. 
So, he bounced around. Yeah. So I had there was no dental school in Utah at the time, so I had to apply everywhere, which is crazy. Yeah, because now they've got two. Don't you have the most dentists like per capita of anywhere on yes, the planet we, or something? Utah does pump out a lot of a lot of okay. pre dental students. And Interesting. So, okay. But at the time there was no. I mean, they had some affiliated programs with the University of Utah, Creighton. Um, okay. All right. Had a program that you could do your academic portion at the U and some preclinical stuff there, gotcha. and then you do. The For rest what it's there. worth, I grew up in Arkansas. No dental school in Arkansas at the time. They're now adding one. Yeah. But so we had you know similar upbringing. Similar upbringing. In that way. Yeah. So applied everywhere. Um, you know, tried to learn the game. You know, there's there's feeder schools like yep. how whatever school accepts. So I just I played that game. Ended up getting into Buffalo and spent four years in in the cold Northeast. And wow. I got an opportunity to stay at Buffalo's program, but mm. Rachel, my wife, was done with the cold Northeast. All our friends were moving, and so we played the match game. I'd actually interviewed at Nova Southeastern, and that's the day I met Glenn. Okay. So we interviewed together nice. for Ortho and uh, played the match, ended up matching there. So that's where the story of, of Glenn and I started. Okay. Um, our class had seven residents in it, and five of the seven— so Glenn and I were the only ones who weren't from Nova Dental School. Wow. Okay. And it just so happens that we both did Buffalo for dental school. Wow. I had to say I didn't know that. Just 20 years apart. Yeah. Right. A little difference. So, uh, but yeah, that's where that's where that all started. We kind of hit it off pretty early on. Obviously, I looked to him as a mentor because he'd had life experience. He'd he'd been a GP for 20 years. He sure. knew, so he knew the world of business. So I. I would, he probably got annoyed with me, but I would sit and pick his brain every day at lunch. Um, yeah. I mean, he enjoys conversations. So we basically went through residency every lunch together. We were talking about business. We were talking mm. about, you know, that's kind of where it, the idea stirred up. Hey, we should do something together. Um, he got an opportunity to practice in Florida at a really nice practice down there. And mm. uh, he said, you know, we still need to figure out how to do this together. And so I ended up taking my Florida boards while I was there. I uh, didn't end up practicing in Florida anyway. So right. uh, I started looking out West originally from Utah. We knew we weren't going back to Utah, but we want to get back closer to family. So we started exploring options. Uh, my wife, you know, said, well, let's look into Texas. Everything, okay. we've, everything we've heard about Texas is great. And so we started looking into Texas. We mm. went and look, looked at Austin for a bit, looked at a practice, uh, you know, college station. Um, and then uh, was going to end up going to Oklahoma into a practice with some, some mm. buddies of mine that are out there. And uh, so we were in, in talks of making that happen and, and knew that I wasn't going to be practicing with Glenn at that point. But he called me up one day and said, you know, he'd been negotiating his employment contract with the practice he was going into. Said, I said, Doug, things aren't going right. What do you think about Dallas? I said, for reals? <laughs> he said, yeah. What do you think about Dallas? Should we do it? I said, let's do it. Hmm. And so we went to Dallas. There was no practices available, uh, but we were going to make it happen. So hmm. went out there. We, we found a, a brand new startup practice that had been open less than a year that we acquired. And uh, so it was essentially a, a startup the first year. And then a year later, we opened up another de novo. And then almost two years later, we acquired a, a, a third practice. Wow. So, and I know you guys are rolling now. Well, let's get into that. That was great. That's it's funny. There's a lot of commonality. I think people enjoy hearing those stories because it gives life to someone. And I've known you for a long time, and I didn't know some of those details. So, um, well, let's let's jump into this. Um, for those in partnerships, maybe you're an associate with a senior doctor, or maybe you're you know fifty fifty partner or whatever. There's a lot of different versions of that. Um, how do you and Glenn divide practice responsibilities? Was that established early on, and it's just continued on? Has that changed with other changes in the practice or? Yeah, I mean, it's evolved. Obviously we've pivoted and done a lot within the last seven years. Um, and we'll touch on entrepreneurs, but yeah. Uh, so the job responsibility and description has changed a lot. Is those of you who know Glenn know that he is uh, very much a high achiever, very much a driver, very much a visionary mm. uh, and always has great ideas. And so uh, my role is to make sure that those great ideas come to fruition and that the details play Underst out. Understood, yeah. Um, but as 
as entrepreneurs has taken off, which I mean, this is that's his that's his that's job. His baby. That's his baby. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's where he belongs, right? He he mm-hmm. his his currency is is connecting people and bringing people together and facilitating opportunity for learning and for growth and yeah. and that's really what he thrives on. That's what he's amazing with. And so at this point, um, currently I run all the operations of our practices. Um, and so we've, we've been able to slowly reduce his days in the office while he can focus more on delivering value to the entrepreneurs, the meeting, the the RD group, uh, everything that goes on on that side and where he doesn't have to worry as much on the, the practice side and it works out well. Like I said, we've never practiced together in the same office with patients. That's interesting, yeah. Um, Probably a good thing that we don't. Again, we wouldn't be very productive uh, if we did. I mean, that's a, a again, your story is like somewhat uncommon in that way. So, um, and you're very, very, very different people. Yeah. You know, and so that's not a bad thing. I mean, there's every argument to to be made for finding people that make up for your you know, inadequacies and, you know, and vice versa. Um, and I think the thing is like meeting the two of you, you could both be very successful separately. And so it's, it's kind of fun to see the synergy, two of you together. Kyle. It's synergy. synergy. No, I get it. There's so yeah. I've been told. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. Well, let's, let's, um, let's kind of move on from that. I want to get into staffing issues. Cause I do think if I'm going to say there's like been a, a most common topic in the last year, it's probably been staffing issues or corporate orthodontics, which we'll talk a little bit about that too. But um, fortunately, knock on wood, uh, we've not had a ton of staffing issues in Memphis. And I don't know if that's we're doing something right or we're we're just lucky. I'm going to keep knocking on the wood. So, uh, But this is definitely a common complaint. I think it's probably only made worse by being in a metro like Dallas. Um, And also just I think there's a lot of cultural changes, you know, that, that kind of increased transience of people. They're moving from place to place to place to place. People are delaying marriage. I think that contributes to that too. And so it takes a while for people to decide what they want their career to be. Whereas probably 20 years ago, it was like someone starts as an orthodontic assistant and you'll see them like celebrating the 36th year anniversary. It's like, man, I wonder if we'll ever get there, you know? So three months. Um, We're celebrating three, three month months. Anniversary. You're doing them in three <laughs> month blocks now. So when do they get the car at 18 right. months? You know, well, they're going to ask for it at, at month four. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you better be ready. Yeah. Um, so I guess, like, walk me through the last few years of that, uh, just it's sort of from a story perspective. How has that been an issue with staff shortages? Just tell me that first. Um, well, right now we're at about 40 team members. And so we've, wow. we face a little different... Is that including orthopreneurs, or that's you're just talking ortho? Ortho. Wow. practices. That's great. 40 team members. We, I mean, we built up and we'll get into the the corporate thing, but our our plan was to scale, right? So we worked on our infrastructure. We put in a a call, we call it our communication center. Yeah. Uh, We built a in-house digital ortho uh, laboratory with our 3D printing. We were doing a lot in-house 3D printers Um, and it was COVID that changed everything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the the pre-COVID world and the post-COVID world and it's, it's been a battle and it still is, right? So, some of the things that we're working on are, are work in progress, mm-hmm. um, but we can see the writing on the wall and we need to know that there's a pivot and a direction that we need to go that's relying less on on team and people and and more on technology. And so, you know, coming out of COVID, we, we, we experienced the growth that a lot of practices did, right? right. It was just, but we didn't have the people. Mm. And so it was like, how do you balance that? Because you, you can't just turn the switch off on an ortho practice, no. right? You've got to show up and you've got to treat these people. And you get in this vicious cycle when you're down staff, it stresses the rest of the staff out trying to carry the load. And it just, yeah, it, it was this kind of revolving door because no one would stick around long enough to see that, hey, once we get through this, if we can get to the other side, we're going to be, we're going to be okay. Yep. They just, because they could go get a dollar down the street because it was happening there too. And that's at least in, in DFW, we've we've struggled with that. Mm. It's been tough, um, tough to find good people. And it's it's one thing to to say can't find people at all because we can, right? right. We can find plenty without experience. Yeah, but it's hard because you you're in that environment where you're 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 short staffed, under trained, 
and you're plugging new people in and then and it makes it worse and for it a makes period it, of time. it it makes it worse for a period of time mm -hmm. and the the staff you have to rely on to help the you know, and having them, it's just, it's a mess, right? Anyone else, anyone else dealt with this? Raise your hand. Yeah. Is that, who else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, hopefully it's not just me. Um, yeah. We've dealt with some of it. Yeah, no, so. I mean, we're, I, th I think we're overall fortunate. And, you know. I, you know. It, it, the landscape has changed, right? So why would, I, why would I sit in this stressful environment trying to manage and handle all this stuff when I can go drive an Uber and make more and run my own schedule sure. and and that's what we're facing and that's yeah. the battle that we we're up against and so you know we've made the decision in our practice and 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 some great things have happened too right so I know that many of you know we had Gustavo on podcast before he was yeah. our digital ortho tag super happy for him he got an opportunity to to move on in that world yeah. and and join up with ulab and help take them too so we're super thrilled they're also that, here in memphis if you want to go firebomb their office you know yes yeah, so i'll be like why a, did you take a style from me <laughs> he's great yeah. i've seen him i've seen him on their social media huge personality if you don't know him yeah you'll have him doing stuff at the meeting and he's yeah. you know i think so, leading like the staff track or something so but that's tough. You lose someone like that. You yeah. got an all-star on your hands. Yeah. Lose someone like that, you know, and, and you end up in this predicament. It's like, well, what do we do? And so we had to make the decision of, look, we need to, we need to look at the technologies that are available. How can we be more efficient, uh, relying less on people on a day-to-day -day basis? And, you know, the answers are out there. It's not like they're hidden or a secret, yeah. but, but we increase, you know, we work to increase our share of chair with aligners. Yeah, um, because I will tell you, it's a whole lot easier to train a new assistant on delivering clear aligners than it is brackets and wires. I mean, it, it, it just easier, is. easier to train how to scan than to bond. Easier to train how to scan yeah. than to bond. Sure. I mean, just uh, so so we started, you know, and we were already ramping up our our share of chair with aligners. Um, What's your sh what was your share of chair before COVID, and then what is it now? So it's different for each practice. Yeah. I think before COVID, we were probably sitting around 20, 25%. Yeah. And now we're probably pushing close to 40. Okay. Um, we're wanting to get at least to that 50% mark, even higher. I mean, I would go all in at this point. I really? Do, you know, one of my practices is heavily uh, phase one. We do a lot of, we've got a young pedo next door, so we, so we do a lot of phase one stuff, but, but I've been getting more comfortable and, and doing more with Invisalign first and sure. finding out what the, what the capabilities are with, with that technology. Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, that was number one. And along with that, we started rolling out um, remote monitoring. Sure. Right? So there's plenty of, you know, a couple of, so top options out there for remote monitoring, but uh, you're using dental, dental monitoring. monitoring. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's that been? Like, when did you start that process? Are you using it for braces and aligners? So we started about a year ago. Okay. Um, and we started with just our aligners. Okay. And we, it's been, you know, you still have to have team members. You still have to have systems. You still have, you have 40. So it's not like, you know, you got like a small footprint here. This is, no. You know, it, but for a, for a period of time, it's like anytime you implement a new technology or something that's supposed to, to bring efficiencies, yeah. it, there's an uptick in effort and work to get it going yeah, no before doubt. you start to scale back or dial back, right? Yeah. So the, the goal is that as the attrition happens, we're not having to continue to, to build gotcha. it back up, right? And so we started with our aligners. Um, we tested the water. We started rolling it out and it takes a while, right? So it, it's, it's a, a leap of faith to really trust in a technology that it's going to do what it's supposed to do. And you sure. still have, you still have to have the right systems in place for it to be effective. You can't just give it to everybody and say, all right, we're, here you go. Sure. Um, and so there's a lot of trial and error trying to dial in the right systems with that, but, but we've kind of got it. We've, we've, we've started to see the efficiencies of that. The whole goal is to eliminate any unnecessary appointment. I mean, how many, how many unnecessary appointments do we see every single day? A lot, Yeah, right? quite a few, yeah. Anytime you're retying a wire, anytime you're checking a line, oh, looks good, all right. Now, are you self-ligating or no? We are. Yeah, uh, so, so that helps. Yeah, yeah, so that helps too. But, uh, but we're still seeing them unnecessarily, right? Sure. And if you can control that, you just see your schedule open up 
And so you, you, you deliver your aligners, you deliver the remote monitoring system. You know, you have to set up uh, a, a, a team members that are gonna be monitoring those on a daily basis, right? So that you don't let things slip through the cracks. Now you've gotta run new reports because you gotta make sure that people are scanning. Right, that they're not just falling through the cracks. So these are the things. Some that of that like worries me, and I, I know you're a detail person, so I know it worries you. Glenn's fine with it; it's, it'll work itself out. Yeah. Well, he just, so again, the details. <laughs> I'm worrying on the, about the details, and he just wants to know when am I going to see the uh, <laughs> my schedule be lightened, right? right? So with dental monitoring, just quickly, you have how many assistants that track that, and is it every day? Is it once a week? Like, what's the? So so right now we're at, we're at one who's who's started part time. And we've yeah. kind of designated time as as we've ramped it up. Um, we've had to pull her off of the chair more and just yeah. have her full time. Um, after our aligners, we launched with our growth check patients, right? Our our uh, sure. growth and development patients. So rather than seeing them every six months, I mean, and that was an evolution. You start out, you think you need to see them every six months, and then. You're like, why am I seeing them every six months? Maybe we need to push it to nine months. And then your yeah. schedule starts filling with more of these unnecessary appointments for them to come in and be like, oh, yep, looks looks good. We're really watching these things. Because you still want to have that connection. Right? Sure. You want to build that relationship. Yeah, we do once a year now. Yeah. My, my question about growth guidance, I'm just, I'm inserting all sorts of questions here. But That's okay. What do you do without a pan? Because I, I feel like at a growth guidance appointment without a pan, I, I don't. I'm you don't. Blind. You yeah. don't. But it, but it gives you that it gives you that touch point, that top of okay. mind still in between when you get when you set them up with a scan box. Because I'm still going to get a pan once a year. Okay. I'll still. So you're bring doing. You're doing no different year. than what probably the average orthodontist is. I know some do every six months. I feel like that's a little overkill on a pan. Yeah. I, I, and seeing them like. For, for one thing, I'm not very likable in person anyway. So like for you, I'm <laughs> sure they miss you. coming to your office, but they come to my office and they're like, what am I doing here? Um, so you're <laughs> you're doing a six month check with the box. So so no, we, no. we set them up now. Okay. So the, they're gonna do a scan once every 90 days. Oh wow, okay. And we don't charge them for it. Some people do and, and I get the argument why you should have right. them invest in that, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it gives you that extra touch point. It does let you see you know, when people have concerns. So it, it eliminates a lot of extra visits that aren't necessary, right? Yeah. Or you can talk to talk them through it. it it's, a, it's an app that you can communicate back and forth, just like texting or whatever with, sure. with, with, with images. Um, you know, a, a cool selling point is that when they do these scans, it stitches, and, it stitches them together over time and it lets them get this morph video cool. of their smile, yeah. right? Sure. So there's some cool features with it that way. Um, what's the uh, rate at which, and you may not know an exact number, so just guesstimate, but like, what's the percentage of growth guidance that are doing it every 90 days? I know you, limited sample size, you've only been doing it for so long, but yeah, what, what are you Yeah, limited seeing? sample size. And so, so this is where I, and this is where we've brought another team member on to now oversee the growth and growth and development scans. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know the percentage off the top of my head, but I'm a stickler for running reports and, and staying on top of them. We're gonna we're gonna go print it off tonight and check it. Yes, because I'm curious. <laughs> um, you know, I've talked to them and I I'm sort of on the fence about it. You know, some people make some really like compelling claims for it, and then of course, like with anything, you talk to some people and are like, oh, we tried that for nine months, hated it. You know, so it's like yeah. trying to land on what I think is but, necessary. But go ahead. But but with the with the growth guidance as well. Yeah. I mean, we talk to them about this technology and say we're going to be using this through your treatment. Yeah. So they so yeah, plants that seed and plants that seed and they're already set up. They know the sure. system and it's just kind of seamless. So it's not just a, you know, just for growth guidance, they're going to be using it. So our plan now, now the last piece of the puzzle is ro rolling out with, with braces patients, right? So sure. we haven't gotten there yet. The plan is first of the year. Okay. I want to make sure that, that we had our systems in place so that our house didn't crumble. Um, before just rolling out with everybody. Sure. So you ask Glenn, Glenn would have just given it to everybody on day one and, right? You're a little more cautious about it. Yeah, no, I get it. So I, I think that's great. I do. So I, 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 I think it's going to be interesting. It, to me, that's a, that's a huge game changer. And I'll be honest, I usually feel like I have a good instinct on new products and ideas. That one didn't make any sense to me. And I mean, I understand it with the liners. I still struggle a little bit with braces, like when I've asked some questions. and But uh, maybe I'll come around to it. Like, like 3D printing is an example. Like, that immediately made sense. It's like, oh, of course. Now, I got one, and then it was like, I don't know. So I, <laughs> I'll come back into that world some other day. Again, it um, takes all that initial effort and, and yeah. training and, and team to put it in place, and that, and that friction that you've got to go through to make it 
sure. integrate seamlessly into your systems. For me, I think it's the it's the trouble of the homework, both in the implementation, but the ongoing homework with digital systems that's hard for mm-hmm. me. So you do have to have someone who's kind of like your hero or your champion to like take that segment of your practice and run it. And it's all just very different. So um, as I've evolved in my practice, at least, I've taken this, I'm not going to be an early adopter. I'm not even going to be like that kind of like the rising. I'm going to like wait till about the middle and then I'll, I'll get in at that point. So um, you want to play a game? We jump on oh. anything new and shiny. So. No, I know. Well, there's that too. And you're innovators and you have reason to be. So we're going <laughs> to play a game. Okay. Are you are you interested to see what it is? what it is? I, I'm a little nervous about okay. what, what we're going to do. You're going to be a natural for it. So uh, we're going to play a game called Do Your Dance. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Do That Dance? It's one or the other. Um <laughs> <laughs> a new game that we've made up. It's a new for, game. For it's, Doug. Okay. It's a brand new game for Doug. Okay. If you've ever spent five minutes with Doug, you probably know that he loves to dance, and he's really good at it too. Um, it would be terrible if you weren't good at it. You know, it wouldn't be very <laughs> endearing. But so I want to play a game. We're gonna play some music from some famous dance crazes over the past few decades. And we're gonna see oh, if you, man. I know. We're gonna, so stretch it out, buddy. <sighs> we're we're gonna see if you know the dance as it plays or not. Um, hopefully we don't uh, get these songs. The audio is just going to go blank during this part, but we're going to play the songs. We got about a, it's about a two minutes of some songs. If you just want to go ahead and get up, I'm going to be the awkward one sitting here, just like watching you dance. <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway because I feel like people at home oh, will, wow. will enjoy. I know, and uh, we'll see. Uh, how, we'll see. Wet the lips here. Yeah, wet the lips, please, because lips are very important to your dancing. They are. Um, we'll see how many of these you can get correctly. They're going to change about every 15 seconds. Man, where, I hope I where don't do let we, you down here. Well, you won't let me. Where, where does he need to stand? Just right, right, right here. Let's see. <laughs> I felt this. This felt less awkward on paper. You know. Are you gonna turn that light on? Okay. All right. Here we go. I love this background. Look, yeah. it feels feels like we're in the club. <laughs> he just jumps right in. No time at all. This is good. You know, this has like a billion views on um, on YouTube. Four billion? And now it's going to have more. Do you know this one? <laughs> he gets right into it. You know who also dances this song is Dino Watt. Have you seen Dino do it? Dino's pretty good at it. He, he, uh... All right, it'll change right. in a second. Surely, right? Right here, this camera. Oh, is this <laughs> There's some orthodontists who were watching this podcast, and now they're off of it. Oh. <laughs> There's only a few more left, Doug. You're doing great. You're 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 four you're four out of four. I need to take my. Do you know this one? I don't know this one. <laughs> You don't know this? There it is. There you got it. <laughs> it shows up like in. There, there is a little bit of that. See, it's like. Oh. oh. <laughs> this is the yeah. signature dance. That's the last one. Teach us how to Dougie Doug. All right, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being a good sport. You knew them all. You know, yeah, I, except for uh, walk like an Egyptian. Walk like right? an Egyptian. All right, so that's uh, that's that's good. We got it. He wanted to hear the end of it. He's like, "Hear my fade out." There we uh, go. So we had to end with "Teach Me How to Dougie." We'll come back to it. Fantastic job, Alan. Thanks for piecing those songs together. Um, that's going to become the clip that we run to promote the episode. Okay. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> He's like, we'll talk about that later. No, that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, Walk Like an Egyptian. Uh, the Bengals, I think it is. But you nailed it. It's like, oh, oh you, it's, yeah. it made sense. Just do the Egyptian dances, right? Um, how'd you learn how to dance? I know it's like a stupid question to ask, but like, you're kind of like known for it. I mean, like really, like the first time I think I remember like saying, oh, that's Doug. It was you dancing at the first orthopreneurs. I know that sounds like, what's <laughs> ironic is it was you and Auk. It was on um, stage, yeah. And John Graham. 
And John Graham. And John didn't make another band. But one day, hey, John, one day. He uh, is a musician. I mean, he did have, he was in a band. In, oh, in was he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that I did not know. Okay, well, fair enough. ask him about that one. How did you learn today? Was that something like everyone in your family did? There's people looking through the window that were just, that somehow they figured out that you were dancing in here. So, <laughs> sorry, we need a curtain on the studio. But how'd you learn? Like, was it something you're always interested in or what? Yeah, I mean, uh, never formally, formally trained. I mean, I grew up. I did performance groups as a kid and uh, probably where I learned most of my dancing. And again, I don't think I'm, I'm no, you're a good dancer. I, Look, <laughs> when you're an, when means. you're an orthodontist, the joke I always make is like in the, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And not to say that there aren't other orthodontists who dance and there's a handful, right? But not a lot of like crossover with like orthodontists who went to 17,000 years of school and are great dancers, right? It just doesn't seem to be all that often. So when it happens, it's kind of fun. It was all underground basement dancing, you know, <laughs> grew up one of my best friends and I, we, he had a dance floor in his basement. And so we do all our hip hop and pop and lock and nice, you know, walk like there, an Egyptian. There, there were those like series of like dance DVDs. Did you have any of those? Like the, where they would teach you how to dance? You know what I'm talking about? <sighs> no. Okay. You know, if I had the YouTube of today back right. then, I mean. Just imagine how dangerous you would be. Wow. So, uh, well, I'm a guy that I have rhythm, but I can't dance to save my life. So I'm always impressed about it. So, all right. If that made you uncomfortable, I apologize. I That's thought you right. did great. I think people, lot, yeah. people are going to enjoy it. So we got a few more questions to go through. I want to talk kind of, you know, elephant in the room on some levels. If people know you is corporate orthodontics kind of conversation. Um, you joined Smile Doctors, what, like about a year ago at this yeah, point? just over a year right ago. Right before the calendar year came around. Yeah. Um, I don't want this to be an advertising pitch. I feel like I've, I've had a few guests recently who have done this. I did an episode on corporate ortho. I'm not associated with corporate ortho for what that's worth. It is, I think, obviously like a big point of conversation recently. So I don't want this to feel like an advertising pitch. So to whatever degree you can be honest, obviously you're biased on some level because you're with that group. But... Sure. I know you guys, knowing you and Glenn both, you 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 met with a lot of groups. So we did. Why yeah. did you land on Smile Doctors? And, you know, to whatever degree you can say this as honestly and as authentically as you can. Sure. And I know you will. But sure. Why'd you choose them? Um, so this was not something we were looking for. Okay. Um, it kind of came across us, and and then it was nothing but that for a good seven months, eight months. Uh, looking into all the different groups that have started, OSOs, DSOs, and ripping them apart and looking under the hood and seeing what they were made of. And look, they're, they're, all, they're, they're all great. There's a lot of great reasons to join an OSO or a DSO, um, but they're different for everybody, right? So for, for us, we wanted somebody who was going to help us continue to take what we were doing to the next level. Um, and have support. Honestly, it came down to the, it had to be a win across the board for everybody. Meaning, obviously it had to be sure. a win for the doctors, right? Um, for the value of the practice. But we had brought on an associate that was on a track to partner at the time. Mm. And, you know, had to be a win for him. Had to be a win for our team because we weren't gonna make this move if if they weren't going to be their lives weren't going to be improved or benefited from it. Sure. Uh, and then still have a win for the patients and have the autonomy that we needed to, to practice that we want to practice. And, um, you know, if you, if you look under the hood at, at, at OSOs and DSOs, it's a risk reward. Yeah, sure. Ratio that you're going to get, right. Some of these newer ones, sure. You could, you could see a, a much higher multiple, but, who can anticipate the future and look what's happening right now, right? Who knows what's going to go on with the economy? I know it's not going to be pretty, um, but maybe uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. So here but I am being negative yeah, and no, <laughs> first time for everything <laughs> when it comes to financial matters, it's like, I don't know. You know right. we, we keep so, waiting for that. I've been, I've been, I mean, just in fairness, like someone's going to watch this in like three months and it's going to be like the worst financial crisis of all time. And it's they'll be coming, like, Kyle. Doug, Doug was right. It's coming. Um, now you're, it probably is. I've just been hearing it for so and, long. It's like, I'm waiting on it. It's like, when's this going to happen? And, and part of, and part of our decision was we, we wanted, we wanted to give up, a, a little bit of the upside for more security. Okay. Uh, more of a secure, safe move. Yeah. Right and on. obviously going with 
the oldest OSO Smile Doctors. He's been around the, the oldest. Longest. I love that you said that. The the OG <laughs> at the at the ripe old age of six, yeah, or whatever. But, but still, I mean, <laughs> fair enough. No, they are the oldest. Oldest, the biggest for sure. Safest, oldest, biggest. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it ta- it takes a lot to run one of these organizations. Sure. Now being on this side of it and seeing how much infrastructure needs to be in place for the support teams, sure. for for everything to happen, the playbooks, the things like that. Like it takes a lot, and so. They've been through the trenches. They've they've learned a lot. They've right. made bad decisions. They've corrected them, and I'm sure everybody will continue to to do yeah. the same. But but yeah. uh, from a financial backing standpoint, from from a PE firm, you know we had we had people in that world asking the questions to to know how secure. Gotcha. these groups were right how far could they go what could they withstand you know what are going to be the the bottlenecks that keep them from going to the next level and you know at the end of the day we made the decision based off of all that information yeah. that we received and it's been good for us right good. so it's it's not for everybody and uh everybody joins for different reasons too so um what was your primary reason because you, you, you strike me as a little young to do it how old are you by the way 38. I'm 38. Yeah. I guess I should have known that. Um, another commonality. Well, that's crazy. There we go. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like Doug, except I can't dance. Um, what was your main reason? So as Orthopreneurs was obviously growing, uh, you know, we wanted to continue to scale our practice. And I was running it by my, you know, Glenn was phasing out. I was trying to pick up where we could there. It was kind of an opportunity that they came to us at this time. We, we put the infrastructure in place. Like I said, we put a communication center in. we were following it. We wanted, you know, yeah, you're Ben tra- Fishbein was a great right. mentor. We were, we spent time with him. It almost to- felt like you were building something that could have felt a little bit like a support organization, but without. Yeah. And know, I mean, we had that, opp- we had that opportunity too. Right. Sure. So we had people who wanted to talk to us about, doing your own being a platform and doing that. And so, um, what people may not realize, and maybe this will sound like self-serving, it's not supposed to, but like if you have a podcast, if you have a group, people come to you and offer you all kinds of stuff. Like I've been offered to start a corporate group and I mean, you get these like great offers and it's like, Oh man, that sounds great. It just doesn't feel right for me. So I'm sure you've been offered everything under the moon. That's why I know, and I know your personality. You you research this thing to death. So yeah, and um, and and again, trying to trying to decide. Hey, if we're going to be doing this on our own, where is it going to take us? What is our what is our end game? We wanted to build something that whether we had that opportunity or not, we could we could continue to either operate it or join another group and continue to grow with them. For us, I mean, it was like the offer was was right and the group was right and you know it just made sense you know we wanted to grow with like-minded individuals as well and it's a group of, of incredible orthodontists that we can yeah. and, and part and part and, and this is another reason why we've been able to kind of implement the technologies and kind of move forward with that the way that sure we have whereas you know co- power is in numbers right so yeah, economies sure. of scale yeah, like I know the, the the dental monitoring thing is you know Smile Doctors has an uh, agreement with them, and yeah. so yeah, it helps us with things like that. Um, has it made your life easier? Has it has it you know so some of the reasons that led you to that has it helped in those ways? It has, it has. It's okay. taken a lot of the day to day stressors off of my shoulders. Not all of them, obviously. You still got to run your practice. You still right. got to deal with staff. You still got to deal with not staff. I've been told that's an infection. That's another Dino Watt thing. Yeah, there you go. team, yeah, uh, uh, team, and and all those issues. But there's resources, right? So now instead of me making five hundred thousand decisions every single day, like we all do, and it's mm-hmm. exhausting, I can say, why don't you ask so and so? Yeah, it's nice. This contact. What what do they have in place for this? What what is a good? System what are those what areas are that's for eliminated that? for you though? Like what are the specific like? So we you know centralized our ordering with them right. So they've got a formulary that we've taken all of our products. They didn't tell me what I had to use or whatnot, but we've compiled it together with them. Instead of having to worry about hey let's shop this around, let's find out, you know let's whittle our brackets down so we can do a big bulk order. 
because because of the buying power of a group, right? We mm. just we order what we need when we need it. Um, you know, it. I I had to get another Itero. That's another big decision, right? So. I, I felt kind of sheepish asking like, hey, I've got this Trios. Does anybody want to trade it? And we really need to get another Itero in here. We're ramping up in mm-hmm. Line. We need to do this. And, and you know, and it was a, uh, here's, I got one the next week. And, you know, those those type of big decisions on a day-to-day ba- HR stuff, right? There's support there for it. I'm not having to have all the answer. I would say the one. Do you the, still have like a manager in your practice though? Of course. Yeah. We've yeah. got a practice okay. director, um, that helps oversee, uh, our immediate practices that works with the regional directors, um, that, that help deal with all of that stuff, all the administrative stuff. You know, right now we're going to be going through our, uh, cloud nine. We pushed it off until this point. So next month we'll be going through our cloud nine conversion, but it's something I'm looking forward to because there's so many integrations that we're missing out on. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that I'm looking forward to it. So, well, it almost it, feels like the, the developing theme of this episode is, <laughs> you, I mean, on some level, like joining a group like that, it requires a lot of work <laughs> to, maybe, to mean, maybe then allow for the efficiencies to come. Just like so, anything. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for answering all that. It was very good. Uh, I want to transition. This one doesn't really fall under a theme, so I'm just going to ask it. Uh, Orthopreneurs is doing a, a first ever meeting just for residents. I mean, there are other meetings for residents, of course, but for orthopreneurs, this is the first. February 24th and 25th in Dallas. Um, I think we have a lot of residents who watch this podcast. I've been told that. Um, tell us more about that event, and then uh, I'm going to ask you another thing about residents, but tell us about the event. Sure. Yeah, so um, this is an idea that, that, that Glenn has wanted to do for a long time, obviously. Sure. Uh, we want to provide something for these residents that they're not going to be getting in their residency, right? Sure. The whole theme of orthopreneurs is is more business minded, right? What can we do to help people have more profitable, less stressful lives? And uh, it's kind of been a passion project for Dr. Krieger that he's wanted to do for a long time and just decided that we're gonna make it happen. Um, you know, it's gonna be in Dallas, we're gonna take care of the residents. Uh, it's limited number, so I don't know what, what the, how many are, have registered at this point, but uh, if you're interested, you know, you can reach out to 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 Mike, our director, um, director of entrepreneurs, and uh, he can give you more information. It's it's a it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to get some more insight of things that you're not going to get in residency. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm going to be on a panel. I don't know if you knew that. I, I did so, know that. Okay. Yep. Neon Campus is sponsoring. I'm going to be on a panel. I'll be there. And it's just a day. It's like a yep. Friday night. There's like a mixer. And then there's... It's half day Saturday. Um, not even a full day Saturday. It's yeah, like, like a, a three hour, like till three. Yeah. Not a three hour, but like morning till three. So, And I'm guessing you'll be dancing somewhere. I always find an opportunity. <laughs> Hopefully there's a band. You know, we were at a meeting in Nashville and there was a band and we got to get up and do some stuff. Yeah, that was That's fun. That's been a really fun thing, Doug, in been. our relationship has evolved is now we have music. Yeah. Um, so along the residence kind of angle, you're also one of these people that you're in front of so many people. And, and Glenn, like, let's be honest, a little bit more so. I mean, the, the, as you said, Orthopreneurs is his baby. But yeah. you emcee the meeting. And I know if you're like me, you have people coming to you with questions all the time. Um, if there's any residents out there, young doctors out there, any like advice? I mean, you've kind of been through this. You're now sort of in like the second season of your career, as it were, sure. in some ways. Sure, yeah. Uh, just some quick advice, maybe some things that you know you hope to cover at this uh, event. So, you know, for me, I, th- I think I think this profession, for for good or for bad, is is not what it always was, right? And I think mm-hmm. you need to go in with your eyes wide open. It's not a matter of going and getting a certificate, coming out and hanging a shingle. Hanging a shingle. Yeah. Right? So there's so much more that you've got to know and understand. I mean, you've got to, you've got to understand business. You've got to understand marketing. And if without those two things, you're not going to be successful no matter how good you are at bending wire or how good you are at placing brackets or how good you are at a digital setup. Um, that's not what's, what's going to yeah. pay off. That's not what... <laughs> what you went to school for, right? Sure. So all those things, learning how to uh, run a practice and, and look at a P&L and understand, you know, <laughs> sure, how to balance that in order to, to be successful is, is important. And you don't get that in mm. in residency. Yeah, so. residencies are, you know, it's, it's a hard task for residencies because obviously they have the things they have to teach, 
and no offense to some of those things, but some of those things, you know, they're, they're a little bit in the weeds, some of the totally. topics, you know, um, and it's not like it's a business school, you know, they can't teach you the business stuff. Or technology, um, I, I or think. Or the they, technology stuff. It's just they too fall hard behind. To yeah. yeah, they fall behind in the technology too. And Some so, schools do better than others. You know, I I went to Tennessee, and I feel like they've tried to do the best they possibly can to get scanners and printers, and you know, we've got good alumni that are helping. I'm sure other people out there, are, well, my school does a good job, you know. But let's be real, like this stuff is evolving faster than a school could possibly implement implement it. So right, yeah. this would be a call to anyone watching, like if you're not helping with the residency you went to. You should, because I think, you know, the residents I talk to are starved for this stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's great to have now another yeah, opportunity. It's an outlet. It's an outlet. Yeah. It's an opportunity for them to, to see it in real life. You know, I, I would say get out and, and, and get into practices at any opportunity you can sure, as a yeah. resident, right? Get out and get some real life experience to see what you're going into. You got to yeah. go in eyes wide open. Yeah. One of my biggest pieces of advice over the last several years is to join all the Facebook groups. And even though it may seem like something you don't have to think about right now. And it's hard to engage in information that's not applicable to you in that moment. And so maybe it's one of those things like, do as I say, not as I do. Cause I don't know if I would have been able to do it, but for those that are really hungry, join every group you can Agreed. and learn as much as you can. And it sounds lame, but there's like four or five or six or seven years of history in a lot of these groups. Just go spend in like a weekend just combing through combing it. Combing through it, yeah. Uh, no one's going to do that, but they should. All right. So uh, work-life balance. We're going to end with this. Um, you strike me as one of the busier people um, in orthodontics. You're probably someone that people ask, how do you get all this stuff done, you know? <laughs> and so you got four kids, three practices. Is, is it three? Three, yep. All right. Uh, you've got the largest independent orthodontic meeting as far as I know. Uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, like study clubs, Facebook groups, not to mention, I know you stay busy in your church and your personal life. Kids, I'm sure, play lots of sports like you did. You've also now got relapse. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I should apologize to Rachel and to Glenn, your two wives, you know? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, it's a good thing, though. But yeah. how do you keep balance? And, and when I think of balance, I think of, this is from Luke, but heart, soul, strength, and mind for what that's worth. Um, how do you keep proper balance in all those ways? In all honesty, Kyle, I don't. Yeah, exactly. But no, nobody does. But <laughs> nobody does. Yeah. But as long as you are striving to meet in the middle, that's I think that's what matters. I think it's important to, I think it's important to understand and and be okay with the fact that life is out of balance at different phases. For different reasons. Um, but making sure that that magnet that's being pulled to the center and trying to keep everything balanced is in check is what's important. I, I mean, I, I try to be, I'm a pretty involved father. I I'm there for my kids as much as possible. They are involved in a million different things. And, and in all honesty, it, if it wasn't for partnerships, none of this would be possible. Number one being my wife, yeah. obviously for, for family life. She, she's what keeps everything running. Yeah. And so if it wasn't for her, that would be a mess. You know, having Glenn as business partner, you know, helps keep that running too, right? When I'm when I'm falling short and I need help, I need Glenn. I need some help in this area. He's happy to help step in, right? And I feel like vice versa there um, with the entrepreneurs. But look, man, I'm in the same grind and struggle that everybody probably watching this podcast is too. It's no different. Um, sure. We all we all have our own demons that we struggle with in, in trying to keep balance in life. Um, What's hardest for you? Like as, as life has gotten busier, maybe just let's say like in the last year, where are you finding yourself struggling the most? No me time. Okay. What would me time be like for you? Just curiosity. Uh, just being able to do nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. And not feel guilty for it, right? Got it. Not feel like, you know, I should really be doing this or I should really be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, because you feel the guilt that like, hey, I need to invest more in, I need to invest more in, in this office. We've got to get things going better here. I need to invest more in my kids. I'm not spending enough time with them or my, my relationship with my wife, right? Um, but you also got to invest in yourself. You got to make sure that your, sure. your mental wellness is in check, but or, or all those off other areas suffering. So what about sleep? You get enough sleep? Um, you know, I, I don't, 
You did this weekend. I, I, I did this weekend, and I think it had the opposite effect on me. Right. For me, too. I fell asleep in the uh, Michael Jackson show. Uh, yeah. So, and I'd slept so, like... So, so the funny thing about sleep is um, I don't snore. I'm, I may have, you know, sleep apnea, but none of the, the signs of it. But I have all the symptoms of it. Oh, no, really? So you wake so, up tired? or? Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I never feel rested. I, when I'm on, I'm on, right? I can be yeah. on all the time. But if I stop and I sit still, just ask Glenn. He's got he's got a full uh, folder in his phone <laughs> of, you asleep. of me sleeping. And this was even through residency, right? Oh, that's you, funny. You sit in a dark room. They put a projector up on there, and it's like five minutes later. I'm that's out. another so, commonality, Doug. Yes. So I was well-known in dental school for falling asleep as well, for what that's worth. There's right the on. There's a commonality. Yes. So there's a 38 and tired photo after photo of me sleeping through <laughs> dental school and i don't i thought there was something wrong with me but maybe it's just like how we're wired or something so uh it was a pleasure having you on the show um crazy it took this long but i'm glad that it happened when it did um you're also going to be a guest in my home i hope you enjoy it there are some renovations going on so look out um as far as entrepreneurs uh goes i guess for those that i, I find i was you know at the Vizline summit i find that there's people that like I assume that people know everything about everything. It's just not the case. So if there happens to be someone out there that's watching that doesn't know about the RD group, sure. tell us just very quickly about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so uh, Orthopreneurs RD started uh, at the beginning in the inception of the idea. Um, it's a private study club, basically, uh, that's geographically exclusive. Uh, we've got members internationally, but mostly wow. here in the country that uh, it's we run a whole lot more smaller intimate uh, group settings where we're talking about business growth efficiencies we bring in experts in in different areas of business to help uh, better our practices most of the learning honestly comes from like-minded individuals coming together and sharing ideas um, you know it was last month i think we had our annual meeting in nashville um, that we came together and spent two days uh, just getting fired up about practice and business and growth and yep. and learning you know getting to know one another better and um so not everybody can can be a part of it i think we end up turning away a whole lot more people than are actually a part of it at this point just because of geographic exclusivity but we want to make it uh a comfortable environment for people to come in and share you know there's there's all sizes yeah. shapes and sizes of practice if you're practicing in, in samoa you got it you got it you yeah. can get in uh, what about the summit? When's the summit next year? Summit next year is going to be in Orlando. Um, I'm going to, I can't remember the exact dates, but it is uh, okay. September. O yes. It's, it's in September. Okay. OP summit 2023. Uh, people can find that out. It's okay. Find it. I, I it's rattle off over. dates all the time and yep. there's no one that's taking that down in their, in their calendar. See, this is the okay. great thing. That's why I've got Glenn and Mike on the entrepreneur side that I don't have to worry about. The you knew the, the city. Yeah. You knew it was next year. You're doing great. Yep. I, I, yep. Take some me time. Don't worry about it. Um, I'll be at, I, I, I'm in RD for what that's worth. I've been in it since its inception and it's great. It's a great group. If you're looking to kind of dig a little deeper, um, I think it's important to have, you know, this is a longer conversation, but to have a tribe and that totally. could be, I've got like my small tribe from like residency, you know, some of you got your like bigger tribes, but you need to be able to find commonality and opportunity for growth with like-minded people. Especially if you don't have a partner, right? It's lonely as a, sure. as a single practitioner, even if right? You do. And even if you do, right, it's a yeah. great opportunity. So, yeah. um, okay, couple plugs that I got to make uh, that I want to make. I want to make these plugs, and then we'll say goodnight. Um, thanks to the sponsor, Neon Canvas. They allow me to do this. So seriously, thank you. Um, if you're looking to grow your practice, wanting help with digital marketing, your website, your brand, etc., 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 give us a shot. NeonCanvas.com. If you're a, a Neon Canvas client, I'm excited about this. Uh, we just booked. For the AAO, which is in Chicago in April, we're going to have the entire outfield. Uh, it's called a Bud Light patio. Um, and uh, so if you're a client, you'll be able to come to that. So we'll sit in the outfield during a game. And it's against the Dodgers, so it'll be good. Um, that'll be at the uh, annual session in Chicago. i got a lot of meetings coming up. I'm speaking at the Women in Orthodontics meeting on January 13th in Phoenix. See the dates? See, so you're good. Scribbling good. this down. Uh, Friday, written it down. Well, my bad. I should. I probably could have written it down. Uh, Friday, February third, at the Alabama Association of Orthodontists. That's a fun one. I'm going to be driving over to Birmingham for that. Uh, I'm going to be on the panel at the OP Residence Meeting Summit. What are we calling it? Forum. Forum. 
Yeah, yeah maybe. sounds good. You don't know. Again, <laughs> text Mike, text uh, email Mike. Mike. Uh, that's going to be Saturday, February 25th in Dallas. And lastly, I'm going to be lecturing and playing with Relapse at the AEO in Chicago, April 21st or 23rd. We get to play, like, we've had some really amazing opportunities. This will be, you almost start to worry, is it ever going to get any better than this? We're playing at the Trust Arena which is where the WNBA team plays yeah. uh, for the AAO, which is insane, and I can't wait. So we're going to actually And that coming off a gig in Vegas, right? Who gets it? Insane. It really is insane. So um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, uh, thank you. Um, I would love it if you'd subscribe. I'd love it even more if you give us a five-star review. If you're watching this on YouTube, do all the stuff the YouTubers say, you know. Hit the subscribe button, hit the bell or whatever, like it. Um, and if you're not in the Facebook group, The Digital Orthodontist, you should join. Um, it's great. So The Digital Orthodontist on Facebook, join that. Uh, finally, thank you for spending time with us. I know you had something else you could have done with this hour of time. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks to Dr. Doug Shaw over here to my left. And of course, thanks to my team, Alan, who is in here, Scott, who walked by a couple times. Kurt, who's down the hall, Tom, who's in Alabama, and then my wife, Anna, who always helps me out. Um, they always help a lot to make this possible. And from all of us here at the Digital Orthodontist, those who I did not name, uh, I'm Dr. Kyle Fagala, signing off. We'll see you next time. <laughs>